Welcome to Break a Wish, where all your dreams come true, but with terrible, ironic costs. Uh, joining me today, we have Steve Cook. Hello. And Craig Scorgi. Hello. And it's one of our movie review ones, and we're talking about The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, I have saw this one before a long time ago, and I, I rewatched it for this, and uh, I think it's better on a second watching. I think it's designed for that. Does it hold up? I think it does hold up, yeah. I think it's better on the second watching, because I feel like I didn't get what was going on until about halfway through on my mm-hmm. first watching. Yeah. And I feel like this time, like, I see stuff that's planned in advance. Like, it's a film that's built in layers and, and foreshadowing it and, and stuff like that. Like, right. especially it's, it's somewhat out of order and that stuff all makes so much more sense and has so much. Welcome to Break a Wish, where all your dreams come true, but with terrible, ironic costs. Uh, joining me today, we have Steve Cook. Hello. And Craig Scorgi. Hello. And it's one of our movie review ones, and we're talking about The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, I have saw this one before a long time ago, and I, I rewatched it for this, and uh, I think it's better on a second watching. I think it's designed for that. Does it hold up? I think it does hold up, yeah. Or I think it's better on the second watching, because I feel like I didn't get what was going on until about halfway through on my mm-hmm. first watching. Yeah. And I feel like this time, like I see stuff that's planned in advance. Like it's a film that's built in layers and, and foreshadowing it and, and stuff like that. Like, right. especially it's, it's somewhat out of order and that stuff all makes so much more sense and has so much more depth when you, even if it's years ago, it's in your back of your mind. If you know what's going on, then it, it actually comes across as more clever and, yeah. and more deep. But what about you guys? Had you seen this one before Craig? I, yeah, I saw this. Um, I think I saw this in theaters when it first came out. Oh, wow. It was like this indie theater in London, Ontario that would show <laughs> these like indie movies when they came out. And I just saw the title and I was like, that sounds weird. <laughs> it is one of the it most is. pretentious titles <laughs> of any movie. But like, <laughs> like in the early 2000s, that would have been so artsy. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. It just hit struck a chord. And uh, yeah, I saw it in the theaters. It, it was unlike anything I'd ever seen at that time. I think since then, I've seen a lot of stuff that's like, okay, yeah, equally interesting. But like at the time, I was like, this this blew my mind. Um, even just the way it was shot and edited. Really nice. I think rewatching, I think it still holds up for me. Um, I think Jim Carrey's character is like a, a, a bit more emo than I remember him being. i think um, we were all a little more emo early 2000s he comes across maybe a little bit more shitty on this watch for me because he was like super angsty and like and but as a teenager i was like oh yeah but like uh now i'm like oh he's in his 30s he's very immature (laughs) (laughs) he should have learned by now (laughs) um he feels like a teenager as a character even though yeah he's supposed to be even like his journal entries like they look like teenage journal entries. Right. And his drawings are very angsty. Yeah. Like, well, like he takes pictures of dolls and then like gets them developed and like tapes them in the diary and like draws speech bubbles. Like it's a lot. It's a big yeah, production. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost warning signs of something. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like something where as it, again, like as a teenager, I was like, oh, that's so cool. That's so artsy. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. 
red flag. I think if if it w- if it was found after he did something horrible, everyone would look <laughs> at all these things as like they all make sense. Yeah, it's yeah. like the opening of Seven <laughs> <laughs> with all of his little diaries. You're like, okay, I get it. Uh, what about you, Steve? Had you uh, seen this one before? I had not seen this one before. It had long time been lore um, as just like a very good movie but you know how sometimes those ones uh creep in as you just get one too many people being like oh it's actually so good like you you have to see it like it it kind of became i feel like just too much of that so i was grateful to have an excuse where i was like i you have to watch this today <laughs> you have to talk about it tomorrow you need to watch it today um not because i, I yeah i didn't i didn't um think it was going to be bad or anything certainly but just sometimes you hear too much from people that you're like it's actually so good. Like it's so mind blowing. It's so like, you, yeah. Sometimes you're people like, have oh, demanded it. It sounded like work. And it gets yeah, to a point like, where you're like, well, like fuck you. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't Does need it, to do see you, this. <laughs> do you have uh, movies either of you that are like that that just so many people have recommended that you're like, oh, you know what? I'm not doing it. I'm just not feeling that one. Yeah, I, I, I don't do it out of spite, but there's a bunch of movies that like. I even intend, I'll like download them, but they'll be like kind of old and kind of long and I won't have someone to watch them with. And I'll be mm. like, nah, not tonight. Like I've been, I downloaded Jaws like years ago and it's just, it's a little bit long. It's a little bit old and I have no one to watch it with. Uh, and I just keep on putting it off for another that, day. And it's been like two years. <laughs> yeah. That one is yeah. good though. That's, I, I, I believe that's everyone. I know, I know. And I'm going to pile on with all of the people who previously have told you watch <laughs> Jaws, but it is a good movie. I get this all the time because I work as a film editor and basically every time I break for lunch, it's like people who are a lot older than me that I work with and they're just like listing off movies like every single lunch, every single day. And I've never seen any of them. And so I like I to this... think you sit down with your lunch and they just start <laughs> listing. <It's, laughs> I mean, like that's sitting like there with their really... sandwich and they're like, okay, Rashomon, you have to see that. <clears throat> and you're just like, oh my God. They do fall in <laughs> these patterns where... That's basically the conversation that's happening. <laughs> but but they because I'm younger and I haven't seen all of them, they're like, what? You haven't seen that? Yeah. So I have this like list of like 300 movies in my phone that I'm tr- just trying to get through. Jeez. Um, so have you dabbled on that them. list at all? And like, do they tend to turn out actually good or do they tend to turn out like so dated? You actually don't like them. Some some of them. Um, I like I don't even remember the ones that I didn't like. Yeah, there's uh, what was the one true, uh, true crime? What was the one with the uh, like Quentin Tarantino wrote it? Oh, True Romance. True Romance. Yeah, um, True Romance. I Tony liked Scott it, but movie. But everyone, everyone who told me to watch that movie was like building it up so high. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, like, I was like, yeah, good. this is like entertaining, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but sometimes like it's so of the time and so groundbreaking when it came out that like it leaves an impression. But like looking back now. That's why I'm interested, Steve, your impression on this, because... Yeah. Well, I... Despite the hype, how did it actually feel for you? uh, I I still thought it was great, so... um, Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think I've been pretty good about... um, Because for just in the last little while, you know, I had more time or whatever, I've gotten into the Criterion stuff, so I, like, got that streaming service and been trying to watch a lot of those, and so, like, I've been in the frame of reference of, like, okay... It's it's older, but like try and put yourself in that time and place. I know this one's not that old, but I've been doing that. So I definitely uh, I think was in that mindset of just being like, OK, remember when this was made and like think about other stuff that, you know, hadn't come out yet. And um, anyways, uh, it, 
it was interesting because uh, I kept thinking about um, the other, like I've only, I haven't seen all of Charlie Kaufman's stuff, but I've definitely seen um, the name I can't remember. That is, uh, yes, I've seen that. And then <laughs> I, I was thinking of, uh, sorry, the uh, adaptation. That's it. Um, right. So I, yeah, for whatever reason, my mind kept going back to those um, just as far as like, um, really, I think just strong scripts, like the script kept impress- impressing me as I was watching. Um, cause it's a movie that makes you feel smart. Um, and I, I'd love when they don't beat you over the head with a lot of things. Like, like you were saying Maddox, because it's like nonlinear, they do a lot of cool stuff where you're like, Oh, now I get that. Um, because I saw that other thing and it's, it's very rewarding when they have those little mm-hmm. beans. Like he's like, Oh, I thought I had more whiskey than this. You're like, ha ha, I get it. I saw the other thing. Like <laughs> you're, you're an active viewer. Um, and it's very punchy because um, I've been watching a lot of old slow ones. So I did find it um, very exciting just, you know, like weaving in and out of these dreams. And it was like jumping from set piece to set piece. It wasn't lingering too long. So um, it came at a good time at, for me anyway, the watch. Um, so, yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed it. Oh, great. The the one thing I noticed watching this now and now that I've worked a bit as an editor, it's like you can see um how it was shot for the editing like all these Mm. transitions and like non-linear scenes that like often people would shoot and in the edit room would be like oh wouldn't it be cool if you put this together but like it's very rare to see movies where they shoot where it seems so random and non-linear but like they intentionally shot it with that in mind like what's only recently they've been doing that with like, yeah, can you give us a specific example? I think I know what you mean. But yeah, well, like, like uh, well, let's say Parasite and Baby Driver are two, like, recent movies um, that were shot with, like, the editors on set. And they're, like, they would edit the sequence and be, like, does this work? Does this cut together? And they're basically, like, editing the film as they're filming it. And, I f- mm-hmm. and, and it's very obvious when I watch them that I'm, like, oh, like, there's no other way you can make this movie. But, like, I think when I watch this movie, I kind of see that, um, which at the time I don't think people were doing. Um, but it's like someone walks out of frame exactly when you'd normally cut anyway. So it feels natural that they step into a completely new place or. Yeah. Well, like for example, Annie Hall, um, they shot originally shot that as like a movie about several characters. Like it was like five or six other women that he was dating and in the edit, they're like, okay, now let's make this about Annie Hall and just like remove the other characters. So like, it was originally called Annie Hall, like Karen <laughs> Musgrave, like just like <laughs> listing a bunch of names. Like it happens all the time that they change the story. But like, yeah, it's to me when I see this, it's like, oh, you, you were editing it while you were filming it. Um, Cause there's no other way you would know, like if this story even was working, like with mm. those transitions. Because you can right. definitely see it. I'm, I'm, I'm immediately picturing this stuff with like uh, the pillow. Um, like there's so many bits where basically, like you're saying, they're kind of painting themselves in a corner. Um, oh. If they wanted it to edit it the other way, you couldn't start the scene where it's like a match cut and he has he's holding the pillow. Like you're like, oh, this yeah. is from the previous scene. You cannot reverse edit. Like it wouldn't look the same. Um seamless way like it's yeah it's clearly yeah, very I mean, intentioned um and that yeah it's that's the only way you get that stuff is like and i think all those little all those threads running into each other really help add to the like dream and memory style of the film too because 
like it's about memory, but memories are also kind of like dreams. So because they're, you know, they're wishy-washy and don't actually as solid as we like to think about them. And I think that really comes through with that editing style where everything kind of flows or slides and things don't always quite make sense. Yeah. And there's this uh, thing that Michelle Gondry does in this movie that I think he did in his previous movies, but he really like finessed it here was like these match cuts where like it's like a character in the foreground and they have a background and then he cuts it and behind them the background that was previously like behind them is like a rear projection so like kind of like yeah this is like his technique and like if you're looking for it you really see it where like you know sometimes like the backgrounds look kind of grainy and then they fade out into black like he he would basically like have a scene in a in a room and then would like match cut that in a studio with like a screen behind them like um projecting the background and then like do types like all types of crazy things i see that a lot here and it's uh it's really cool because because some of his other movies he didn't really do it as well sweet yeah i did not pick on on that (laughs) but that makes sense i mean i assume tricks were going on just because of how yeah, some things would have been so hard to do practically, but I, 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 I couldn't find out what the trick was. I just looked good to me. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it definitely seems like a rewatch movie. You just get bonus satisfaction of. Uh... Did you rewatch it, Craig, for the sake of this? I'm not calling. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Uh, um, I was actually excited to watch it again. I was looking for a reason to. And did you find it like uh, that that added satisfaction that Maddox was talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I kind of viewed the characters a little bit different. Um, I think even before I'd watched it a couple other times, because I was like, when I was a teenager, we only had like so many <laughs> like movies at our local Rogers videos. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> recycling them. Um, but yeah, it had been a while for me. And, and this is not even movie related, but I'm so curious as like, um an editor do you have any movies that in your mind stick out where like i mean this one you you mentioned as well but like any other ones that made you go oh the editing especially in this amazing like, oh uh parasite for sure um right i've i've rewatched that like six times just trying to understand it <laughs> that's um, a very new movie <laughs> yeah like i don't i don't rewatch a lot of movies um especially now when there's so much coming up. But that was one that I was like, I got to I gotta be able to pick up on everything because there's so much happening. Right. Right. You feel like, yeah, you had to learn from it. You got to keep up with the times. It's almost homework. Yeah. Like, but, you like can, good homework. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm super nerdy with this stuff. And I watch like, there's other editors that make like analysis videos of like, like video essays about films and then so i like watch those and then i watch it again <laughs> that is that I, I do that as well i'm not an editor but i do that as well. yeah, yeah um were there any as like a kid that's what i was thinking especially when you were talking about your rogers video like were there any back then that you would be like come to think of it that's the editing is what made that movie so great or anything like that honestly i don't think so like i, I don't think i even knew that much about how things got made Right. Um, that's yeah. yeah. That's why, like now, rewatching, um, like old favorites from when I was a teenager, like I view them completely different because I can kind of see how they were made. Whereas, like before, it was just it was all magic to me. You know, like I had no yeah. idea. Mm. Is it weird how much we'll take for granted in terms of film because we just suspended its belief? I know I, I blew my cousin's mind, and like this is an adult cousin who's a smart guy. But like when I told him that films aren't shot in order, yeah, he, a lot of people get think he, that, he, yeah. 
he just assumed that like you know we shoot the first scene first and the last scene last and i'm like no that'd be so much harder they never do that it's always back and forth yeah and even like they've um you know there's communities of of people in the world who aren't you know that in on media you know people who live in these remote tribes and stuff and they've done like these experiments where they've shown people movies now to like these people have never been exposed to movies before and they they don't really understand like the language of editing like they don't mm. like if they see right. a character and they cut to what they're looking at they're like why are we why are we looking at this now <laughs> like it's it's such right. a learned like a learned language that you understand only by watching like a bunch of stuff in your life. Yeah. Cause that tech, that technique goes back like all the way to the start of filmmaking, <laughs> some of the earliest feature length films. Right. Yeah. And like, and, and they keep adding to it. Right. There's all these, like, I'm sure there's all these like crazy things happening in film now that like, if you showed it to someone from the sixties, they'd be like, I don't even know <laughs> like, <laughs> what is yeah. happening. This is so confusing. Like, that's why you watch those old movies and they're so slow and like <laughs> every every character like you physically see them walk to like each room. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a huge thing because I've just watched a couple like noirs in the last week where and like God bless them for staging, you know, blocking ca- cool camera moves. But like there's a lot of watching people task that are like. Uh, that doesn't add anything to the story. You just needed to get that person in the kitchen to pick up that thing and walk them back. Like you're like, you just needed to follow them because you, that was the way you were going to do it. It was kind of like plays. Yeah. Well, and yeah, if it's old enough, then someone's like, wow, I've never seen someone pick up a cup before. Yeah. The first movie with not a cup. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like people that. actually thought they're like, they're like, we have to show that. Otherwise they're going to have no idea. That's like, it. Yeah. Where they are now. They're going to be so lost. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about one of the scenes that like really impressed me, even though like I kind of knew what was happening, but it was just done so well was the young Joel scene when he's in the kitchen. There's so oh much God. perspective, trick perspective and mm. stuff like that. I, and it's so funny. Oh, it's so funny too. <laughs> yeah. it's <such> weird. <laughs> like I was watching that and I was like, if I just saw the scene out of context, like without seeing the rest of the movie, I'd be like, this is so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Definitely. Like, it's like little yeah. kid. Like, but yeah, the, kind of the set pieces in that are fantastic. Very cool. Yeah, I assume they must have like multiple versions of each prop depending on what angle they're shooting at. Because yeah, a lot of the time it's her standing just so close to camera and him standing so far back. But they interact with like the same props and make it look like they're under it. And mm. yeah, it's oh, so good. Yeah. And then he goes over to reach for like the fridge door handle. It's a great <laughs> like initial gag of like oh wow yeah that's that's now a giant fridge and yeah very cool (laughs) oh another moment too that i was just like a good creepy moment because there's some moments in this like it's it's got a couple different genres on the go because there's definitely a sci-fi element at its core it's got a romance element at its core but there's also a lot of horror in it Mm. like yeah like the moment when he's trying no the no face people the no face people and i was was saying specifically like when he's trying to turn elijah wood around to see what his face looks like but he's never seen his face yeah so he can't it's just the constantly back of his head that's that's freaky as hell like that's a horror movie moment yeah for sure (laughs) you can hear with the music and the sound that it's like yeah it's kind of played as like a horror moment and you know a lot of the moments when things are racing around him like it's it's him running for his life oh for sure Mm -hmm. and i love like the sounds themselves like calling back almost like um the elijah wood spilling the documents and stuff then you're like you'll hear that in other ones or he like hears things from the environment um where they're all dicking around is like 
limp body in bed. Um, <laughs> and they like incorporate into the dreams and weave and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's very cool. Cause obviously some elements like it's so satisfying when you have like the rain bit that comes in from the other scene and like crosses over and you, it's like you're using them for the edits as well, which is um, yeah. Just like an added um, aspect that like keeps the pace going and it very keeps you in it. Um, Steve, when you first started watching, like, did you have any concept of what it was about or was it all surprises? It's interesting because I had no concept and then I like paused it, um, to know, you know, like turn and say something to my girlfriend or something. And then I look back and, you know, Netflix goes to the like screen and then <laughs> pops up and says the description is like, Oh, when a girl erases a memory of, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> now I know what's happening. <laughs> um, but I mean, that that comes up relatively quick anyway. Um, you quickly realize that you're like, oh, the bit I saw before happens later. Like, um, So it wasn't, yeah, and it wasn't like a, a spoiler or anything. I I was very satisfied with uh, with not knowing anything, especially that the um, the doctors would basically have their own kind of story and stuff. I thought it was really just going to be about the two of them. Right. But um yeah, it's nice to have those other characters have a little depth and interaction and stuff. Yeah, I feel like once you know what the situation is, there are some cues that they put in purposely to make it a little easier for you to follow. For like one example is it, it's such a manic pixie dream girl type thing, but it also works as a visual cue is that the fact that she changes her hair color tells mm. you yeah. What, yeah. where in the timeline each scene is happening, right? She's got blue hair. It's near the end. She's got, uh, you know, uh, I think it's red here near the beginning. There's some green in the middle. Like you can kind of follow based on like the last time I saw her, I knew it was in the middle of a relationship. She had this color hair or in a scene, she's got this color hair. That's where we are. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, we should also just take a moment to recognize that uh, doctors should not be stripping and, and having any <laughs> kind of intercourse around any patients, regardless of procedure and regardless if yeah. it's in their home or not. Um, yeah. This is uh, a cautionary tale in a lot of ways. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to put a layer on top of that is um I don't think they were doctors I think they were just technicians oh, which well, means that makes it I don't so think you're defending them I, No no I'm going further you shouldn't let anyone who's not a doctor just dick around in your brain Yeah and they're like Windows 98 computers where they're like yeah. rewiring his brain I think even for that time it would was like super retro looking technology Yeah exactly Yeah it definitely did not look like it was, uh, you know, fresh. Yeah, it felt like it was kind of like jury rigged together over out of old parts. It also, why like there's no reason to go to his place to do the procedure. Like, do it in the facility and then just bring his body to his home. Like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. why do you need to do it in there? Right. Like, he has all this mess of wires and he's using his apartment to like plug in all this stuff. Like, I'm like, this is not the way anything should be done. Yeah. yeah, think about like how much you you check on like the power requirements when you're just like filming on set. Like you're always like, yeah. oh, do they have enough outlets? To, can they take this load? Mm -hmm. This is a machine that like just zaps his brain, and they're like, no, I mean, whatever he's got is pro probably fine. Yeah, they just show up in like a van, yeah. like <laughs> with their, all their shit. It seems like less convenient for them too. I think they want him to wake up in his own apartment, but yeah, it would have been easier just to say like, bring your pajamas, we'll drop you back off at home. Yeah in your bed yeah or i mean like just less, less danger. make up a story like be like oh you like you could even wake him up at the doctor's office and just tell him they had x procedure um there's going to be a little bit of memory loss or whatever but you came here for that procedure and then you send him home 
and it's like a some other medical procedure. And he'd be like, oh, okay. Anyways, that's not a true complaint. <laughs> the film's no. still good. Very valid. Yeah. Now I hate this I, movie. <laughs> you know what? It does suck now. I like how it doesn't like it doesn't seem like this revolutionary technology is affecting much of the world outside of this guy's town. Like it seems like people go to this office, but mm. no one else has really heard about it other than the people who have like word of mouth referrals. And like his office is still not even as good, like as nice as the clinic that I go to. And I don't go to a nice clinic. Like it's just like, it's just a really crappy old office. It's very mundane. It's very like, everyone's very um, run of the mill about what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, And the fact that this business is open and no one's heard of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like if something like that, like everyone, like it would be all over blog TO. Yeah, in the age of the internet, it wouldn't last as long with everyone just tweeting that they're like about to get my memory wiped. But of course, then it wouldn't work as well because they do tell you to cut all ties. But so it's a weird marketing strategy because you can't have happy clients recommend you because like you're not getting any Yelp reviews because you don't remember getting the procedure. (laughs) But since they send out little reminders to all your friends and family that you've gotten the procedure, that's like they're advertising and that's how they get word of mouth. Mm. So if your friend suddenly is like happier now that they've forgotten their ex, mm. you go, huh, well that worked for Steve, even though he doesn't know about it. I guess that could work for me too. Yeah, it is. a, uh, Yeah. It's a weird. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a bad business. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> There's some flaws in the business plan. Yeah. All right. Another thing that I think, I, I think, Elijah Wood did a good job of being a real creep in this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. He stole and her panties. He did. <laughs> Horrifying anecdote very, from him. Very open about and it. And also offered, yeah, offered that up un, unprompted. Oh, yeah. Like that he was proud about it. Like not even that he did it. It's that he has no shame and no awareness that he should have shame. No. Yeah. He's, he was a problem. <laughs> from day one. I mean, they all truly, they all were though. Like, I was like, why? I just, the, for some reason, the images of them, just like basically dancing around what looked like a dead body and is like bad or he's like lying there and they're just like partying around. I'm like, guys, do this tomorrow. Like, why is this, on, why are you up on his bed in his business? This is a man wiping his own brain. They're smoking oh, weed too. I know it's so like in weird. his place, like drinking his whiskey. Like, <laughs> what are yeah. you doing? He's paying you. Can't you. clean all that stuff up, too, right? Like, like no. the apartment's still going to smell like weed. He may not remember him smoking weed, but like the apartment smells like weed the next day. Yeah, he's like, so what, what did, did a bunch of teens sneak in here and smoking the reefer inside my apartment? That's what I assume when I wake up after a night of smoking weed. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. teens were here. <laughs> they danced around my sleeping body and they smoked it off. <laughs> Those damn teens. I mean, teens are always breaking into your house, right? Yeah. Everyone else has that problem too? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's a huge problem. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, would, would either of you have this procedure done? That was that was a question I was going to oh, put sorry. out to you guys too. Or I guess, no, you stole my question. It's a good question. <laughs> it's my question. I was going to put it. I, I mean, right now, obviously, I don't have something right bothering me but so i think even the way is could you see yourself having this procedure done like even if it's not now if you don't have any trauma right now could this ever seem like the right answer to you do you think no i i also don't I think, think if it was super traumatic uh not a breakup though that seems yeah a bit you extra good wipe 
something else. I mean, I don't want to speak because other people have obviously experienced far worse tragedies than me. But I mean, as far as the worst that I've had in my life, there is always some like value in tragedy and suffering and coming out the other side stronger. And like to erase that, it's like, I feel like you kind of erase a part of what makes you better in some ways because like you get through stuff and then you become a better person so yeah. oftentimes you know that's a, that's a gross generality but there's a lot of instances where you'd be like eh, you probably want to remember that because it definitely helps you going forward yeah there's something you can learn from it if you had like yeah. ptsd or something like that um yeah there are there's certainly other cases that you know beyond my own limited. <laughs> yeah, limited the, the examples given in the film are all ones that I think we should say, no, that's not a good idea. <laughs> no, like I don't care. Because no what one you're... in here has trauma. Everyone here just has like a breakup that they were, that they should have given another week to at least. Like this, if this were a real procedure, they'd definitely have to have like a rule like, there's a waiting period. You can't just do this on a lark. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Because they're just like, oh yeah, sad about a breakup. Immediately erase my mind. It's like, well, you know, think about it. Go through the go through the grieving process a little. You might come out the other side. Okay. He also seemed so depressed at the beginning. Did you notice that? Like having had that done and like that memory removed, he seemed so depressed. <laughs> oh yeah, he was not better. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe even more so because he was like he was just like you know, there's that monologue where he's talking about Valentine's Day and he's like at mm. the beach and he's like, uh, sand is overrated. It's just tiny rocks <laughs> like how depressed is this man very he's he's yeah he's back to the depression he had before he met her which is still depressed yeah is he, he had a little happiness and then went back to being depressed but he never like stopped being a depressive person who's all angsty and stuff yeah especially when it comes to like relationship stuff which is in a lot of cases um just a breakup is like it's you you learn from that relationship to like you know, be a better person in other relationships, learn what you look for in a partner. Like there's so many, like there's so much value to coming out of a relationship to like erase it would just be like, to, okay, I'm going to go back and I'm going to make the same mistakes again. Yeah. It's like, I do understand. The frust- I do understand the frustration though, because when I have been out of like freshly out of a relationship, that was like a harder one. The bad memories actually sullied the good memories. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes. Like you go like, oh, this is a good memory. Oh, wait, but this is a person I don't like anymore or, or I have complicated feelings about. And so what should just be a purely good emotion now like stings more. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I get true. I get that impulse. I, I agree that it's not a good idea. <laughs> I think if this technology existed, the only thing I would use it for would be very small things that do not matter, but that are embarrassing and I keep thinking about. Like I wouldn't, which is not how this works in the film at all. Cause in the film you got to like find a whole person and erase them entirely from your life. But this would be like last week I said, uh, I pronounced a word wrong. I said may raid instead of myriad and everyone laughed at me. I thought maybe they just smirked, but it felt like they were all laughing at me. And I want that moment gone. Cause I don't need it. I know how to pronounce that word. It's fine. <laughs> That is so specific and clearly something that has been irking you for a week. <laughs> you were quick. Oh, a quick week. Draw you think this is one. only a week? Oh, I this goes deeper week. than that. Whoops. Oh, this was I'm years saying, ago. This, this is this, real trauma. 
That's pretty bad. It could have been a week. It could have been longer. I'm just saying uh, this hypothetical, let's say. I don't think uh, it's hypothetical. No. <laughs> it's pronounced myriad. This is a word that I constantly mispronounce. And it frustrates me because I know better. And yet I still say it wrong. And there's other words like that too. And I would like to remove those memories of just getting it wrong because no one else cares but me. And they still, yeah. Would you say there, there, there are a myriad of words that you pronounce wrong? <laughs> I would probably say there's a May raid, but then again, I make that mistake a lot. Don't race this episode. You just said it. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I record all, everything I say into podcast episodes, because those can be deleted. Yeah. Right. Right. So you never say anything outside. Like, I don't even know how I set this up with you. You I I guess you you still write. Oh, I didn't? Here's the thing. I'm always on this uh, Zen (laughs) caster. I'm just ready to go whenever. (laughs) I sit Getting here with my friend. microphone, and then when someone sends a link, I'm like, "Perfect, I get to talk today." Yeah, I always thought Steve was just like a like a program that was like he was like my MySpace Tom. You were just like always on the ZenCaster, but yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm like smarter child. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what I guess Craig didn't speak up as much. Like, would you ever consider getting this procedure, or how would you get this? Like, what no, would you use it on? I, well, I was going to say, kind of like my thoughts are kind of like what Steve was saying. Like, even. Even my worst relationships, I've learned a lot from them because like when you enter a new relationship, the only way I think you learn is when like shit becomes an issue and you're like, oh, this was a problem in my last relationship too. Interesting. And then you like learn from that. You're like, oh, this is a pattern. Oh, maybe it's me. It yeah, me. I just needed another person to point it out. That's like the theme of most of my relationships is I get in a new one. I'm like... <laughs> I'm like so mad at the last person. I'm like, oh man, all this shit is coming up again. It's clearly, <laughs> what me. are the chances? <laughs> I feel like I'd be such an asshole if I like removed any memory of all my previous relationships. And and I can see it in this guy too. Like he says a lot yeah. of really shitty things, and he's just erasing yeah. that pain from his memory. So he's just gonna say it to the next person. Oh yeah, like like we said, he's the same asshole at at the end as he was. Before the procedure. So, yeah, he's definitely going to get into this. Well, he literally does get into the same mistake, right? Like, Yeah, and I yeah. think that's the point of the film is that they're trying to be like, um, well, maybe that's just not, this is so broad strokes to say it's the whole point of the film. But what I took from it is like the relationship's worth having. So even after they have the procedures, both of them, and they're aware that they did it, they're still like, uh, it's worth experiencing that like joy, even though we know it's not going to, work out or we know yeah. the flaws already going in yeah would you agree with that sentiment the idea that uh, a doomed relationship is still worth having even if you knew i think See, so. that's interesting depending i mean i don't know like not in my personal experience i have some friends who have had some like very very awful relationships and i'm like i would never wish that on them and i feel like mm. that was a very bad experience for them but Personally, um, the ones that I look back on, I'm like, oh, that was a mistake. I still learned from it. It was still like formative, you know? Yeah, it's like a scale. Like if it's actually something awful, like abusive or anything, then you would be like, if you knew that was going to happen and could avoid it, absolutely use that technology. But if it's just like, oh, it's, you know, bad for these kind of small reasons or ends because of X, it's like, if it's still a, you know, a mix and like a lot of great moments to it then it's it's worth having i wonder so like okay but again i like magic wishes i like hypothetical situations but let's say this is the the offer uh every time you start flirting with someone you will instinctually know how long that relationship would last that's a black and you get to decide 
Yeah, basically, right? No, it is. And so you get to decide. Oh, what? Yeah, they get they get a little timer that tells them when the relationship ends. What is this? Oh, wait, you're talking about Hang the DJ? Yeah. The one where they actually exist inside like a mobile app or something? Like they were okay, just programs? Okay, well, spoiler. Is this a movie? Okay, wow. <laughs> That's an episode of Black Mirror, yeah. Yeah, okay. the hypothetical in that is that, yeah, you have the little t- countdown of like when it's going to end. So you know the end date and then how does that affect okay. your relationship or not? I'm, ta- I'm talking about something different because different, they're talking about like they both know uh, oh, how long they're supposed know. to pretend. Yeah, how long they're supposed to stay together. But this is, you know, if you if you pursue this relationship, how long will it last? So you start flirting with a girl and it goes like three weeks. There's nothing serious here. Or you start flirting with a girl and it goes like you'll get married 10 years uh, before, and you don't know why it ends after 10 years. Maybe one of you dies. Maybe it's a divorce. You don't know. Or maybe it goes like, you'll be together 65 years and you're, you can probably assume that one of you will uh, die and that's how that'll end. And you get to choose whether you want to pursue those relationships based on how long they'll last. I don't know. Would that be a power you'd want or or would that, or that stop you from getting into relationships that you think might help you grow, but you wouldn't get into them because they would seem like failures if they're too short? I don't know. I don't, I don't know mm. if I necessarily buy into the idea that like every relationship has a definite end point. Because I think it, it at the end it kind of comes down to like how much you put into it. Sometimes, like, like I mean, of course, if you're both like perfect people and you like know how to communicate perfectly, like then maybe it comes down to like how compatible you are. But I think I don't know. A lot of my experience is like how like how it goes down and like how much people invest in the relationship and how much they try. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true that you can work at a relationship and it'll go better than if you don't work at it. I'm I'm just kind of saying that like the magic is giving you how long it'll last if you work at it the normal the normal amount you would, the amount you probably would if you didn't know. Hmm. It's giving you like your baseline pat- incompatibility basically. But then don't Cuz you- I think there it would seem like a challenge to me, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, you just want to break the score every time. You're <laughs> like, "Fuck you, magic. I know better than you." <laughs> but but truly though, because I, you would see that and in some ways, I guess it could be satisfying if you were like, oh, it's like nice to know that this is just going to be some short term fling or something. And you don't feel like you're like, oh, or if you just knew like this is going to be a long, amazing relationship, then I guess that's good. But then I feel like it would affect how you act because in the one you'd be mm. like, you'd be just way more complacent and you'd be far, like, because I feel like especially early on, you, you act a certain way because you don't know and you don't know exactly how they feel and you're like trying to read signs. And so you, you're really putting your best foot forward. But if you're like, this is a woman that I marry and, um, you know, we're together 65 years, then you're, I really don't think you'd be that. Maybe you wouldn't just be, you wouldn't be able to be as um, good a partner and as like, you know, striving to like impress them and to like show your best self. So you think if, mm-hmm. if like you knew that it was going to stay like if you had that security of it being longer that that you'd like try less in the relationship at least earlier on I mean obviously later on it you shouldn't be like desperately always trying to keep them interested <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem if you're I like that. but yeah I just yeah, you're like you'd be way you're more describing complacent. the old joke about marriage of like I've locked it in I don't have to work as hard anymore yeah. <laughs> Starting from as soon as you know that you're probably going to get married, you're just like, all right, well, I've locked it in and uh, I can let myself go. Yeah. I mean, depending person to person, because obviously it depends what you're in it for, too. (laughs) 
that is a <laughs> huge huge factor yeah but if you what i'm saying is i don't want it okay <laughs> no, fair enough. you know what i don't want any powers i think okay. if it was well, around well, i would be like interesting i don't know i would you'd, you'd give it a shot but you probably wouldn't want to be committed to it and you just have problems yeah, with committing I'd, to magic I'd try it um like i said it'd probably feel like a challenge to me like oh you think this will only be two weeks okay Let's see what you do about that. Yeah, I would love to see you like loving someone out of spite. I love you so much because the magic told me not to. It's so me though. And I, <laughs> I'd be shake like your fist at a genie. Oh, let's move that date uh two days in the future. Let's just like try and extend it as much as possible. <laughs> just to make the relationship last longer. Yeah. You're not gonna break up with me until we're past the genie date. Oh, I'm just getting a the call. I gotta date. go. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. all right i think all right i think we've uh we've we've exhausted all the fun we can have with eternal sunshine of the spotless mind no we haven't it's a great movie we should totally rewatch it again also this i recommend movie, it to everyone listening i'd say this movie of of all the movies where they say the title of the movie in the movie this is <laughs> like this is the most surprising to me because it's such like a long name yeah <laughs> you didn't you see it coming up yet <laughs> What about a yeah, Jaws still, still when he goes, worse. look at the Jaws on that thing. <laughs> oh, I assume the line came out of Jaws himself. He's just like, I'm Jaws. Although that's Before not his people? name. It's actually, they're talking about a guy who takes a big bite of a sandwich. Right. Jaws is monster. I understand. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks so much, both of you guys, for joining me. Thank you for everyone who's listening. And we'll have another movie review next week. Bye. Well, that's what we came up with, but we want to hear from you. Tell us your thoughts. You can find us on Twitter at BreakAWishPod, email BreakAWishPod at gmail.com, join the BreakAWish discussion group on Facebook, and you can support the show by writing a review, telling a friend, or buying a t-shirt on TeePublic. All this information at BreakAWish.ca. For more Craig Scorgie, you can check out The Wow Comedy Collective at Facebook.com slash TheWowComedy, or at the wow comedy on instagram for more steve cook check out the killed to death podcast where he and his co-hosts solve a made-up murder every week find it at the sonarnetwork.com this is a kicks and giggles entertainment production hosted by maddox campbell themed by matthew reed cover art by justin langford and a proud member of the sonar podcast network more podcasts at the sonarnetwork.com so what would you wish for has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Hey, Griffin here. And we want to tell you about our show. It's called Killed to Death, and every week we solve... A made-up... Murder. It's all improv, with a ton of great comedy guests, like Sean Cullen, Mark Little, Sarah Hennessy, Becky Johnson, Chris Locke, a polite no from one of the members of legendary Canadian comedy group Kids in the Hall. Sometimes you can hear the guys who live above us talking through the ceiling. Nicole Passmore, and many more. Check it out on the Sonar Network, where you can find this show, or search Kill to Death wherever you get your podcasts. Killed to Death. It's usually less than an hour. 
On June 9th, you find yourself in an attic, wine cellar, waiting room for a clinic, trapped in an enclosed private garden, sitting in a small two-door car, completely submerged in water. The room is back. I'm Shannon LaHaye, host of Escape Capade. There's a symbol above each door. Oh, I see. I understand. Which one? What is this one like the rock on hand? I invite two comedians to come onto my show and describe to them in great detail a room that they're trapped in. Dude, look, look at this wine! Dude. Perfect, that's all we need. I'm getting drunk. What's that thing where they put the food on to to make it hot? Haven't a clue. They hear it for the first time live during recording, and the rest is improvised. Can I take the wall hanging down? I'll go. Let's read the message together. Okay. Let me uh, clean my glasses. Oh, come on! <laughs> Now. So it's six, seven so far. I'm gonna just try eight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what the, the risk of that is yet. Yeah, just try eight, sure. A whole new season of Escape Capade begins on June 9th. Did that make sense? What I like I to me it did because I'm your sister. On sonar or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>